Hey, human beings, the fuck's going on? My name's Nick. This is Spiffy Bender Radio. Let's talk. Not just puck, but life. And recently, I have, you know, been away for a while. And the reason why, I honestly, I'm not ready to put out into a public forum. I'll just say that it's nothing insane. I personally wouldn't worry if you're inclined to worry. It's me in this world, and it's something that I have personally dealt with throughout my entire life. I'm working on it, and I'm thoroughly disappointed that I let certain things in my life get in the way of me doing something that I absolutely enjoy, absolutely love doing, which is talking at you. So without further ado, let's move into it. Right now, your boy is enjoying the last couple days of a vacation. Ah, vacation. And what better way to enjoy vacation if you're a beer leaguer as opposed to an adult leaguer than by doing a little pregame before the Pens game or before whatever team's game that you root for. You know, it's not exclusive. I'm starting this round of pre-gaming off with a ridiculously good beer, Voodoo Brewing Company's Lacto Cooler. Now, if you are a child of the 80s, then you remember the Ghostbusters fondly, possibly. I know some people that don't like Ghostbusters. You're all fucking weird. It tastes like the Ecto Cooler, or at least my memory, or I've been tricked. I haven't had an ecto cooler in a while. I might have to go on eBay and buy an old ecto cooler and taste it, and hopefully I don't die, just for comparative sake. But this beer is so fucking weird, mm. but so fucking good. Super tart. Um, it's a Weiss beer. It's dyed green. It's <laughs> it's fucking wild. It tastes like 1980s era sugar, if that's even a thing. I don't know if there's like a vintage sugar thing. I don't know if it ages well. I, I would imagine molecularly it would just decompose to the point that it's almost like inert in a sense. But at the same time, I don't know shit about sugar. Except how to fucking consume it. So don't take my fucking word for it. Which probably good advice for pretty much anything that ever comes out of my mouth. Just ignore it. Which is not a really good way to sell... Listeners on a podcast that you try to put out into the world. But if anybody ever said I'm like a really smart guy, I wouldn't take their word for that either. Moving on to hockey. So I unplugged from the actual coverage of hockey through podcast format. I haven't unplugged from hockey. I'm still watching. Still enjoying some things, not enjoying other things. I've missed a ton of fucking stories that I could have covered to possibly great comedic effect, Tim Peel. Wow. Just wow. Anyhow, there was a lot going on. There's a lot of frustration like that stemmed from the frequency of COVID-19 stories that have popped up, which is understandable. It's a league that depends on getting together and intermingling. So, I mean, all this shit was bound to happen. 
And I didn't want to really have like a salty tainted opinion because of how fatigued I am over the pandemic. And I'm sure, you know, many, if not all of you are extraordinarily fatigued over how we've had to, you know, adjust and live our day-to-day lives. So it got to the point where like, if I was even like thinking about how to structure uh, any sort of point of view that I would put out there to the public concerning um, the NHL's change to its protocols or, you know, the rash of positive tests that have like led to the postponement of games. It just, it got political. It was my own slant. And that, I don't want to get that serious about what happens in life on this podcast. I would love to talk about life. I would love to talk about the positive ways or means by which I navigate life and hopefully it can help or better inform any sort of individual pursuit of yours. Maybe. I mean, that's hopeful and I don't want to like, you know, pump my tires, so to speak, or pat myself on the back or to put myself in the position where I I am some sort of like self-help guru. Like I'm not. You know, I'm just a human being with gray straight line speed and dog shit edge work. So take that for what it is. But I've seen some shit. I've done some shit. And hopefully I can put forth a positive product that's funny, informative, irreverent, but also cognizant of the fact that we are all each on our own journey that isn't infinite. And your time is valuable. Like my time is valuable. So I want to get the most out of my time by giving you the most I can from my time and talking about this fucking virus doesn't jive with me. So of everything I missed, the crazy Tim pill game management thing, which I mean, I'll touch on that real quick to believe that this hasn't been happening for decades would be naive. And I don't think people have taken that naive approach in great numbers. Um, just hearing it so flippantly done is, I understand how it is irritating. I, for one, as a fan of the game, never really understood um, makeup penalties. Like I understand from the perspective that like if a referee fucks up and makes a call that that referee shouldn't have, you have that, it's that game within the game that the, people involved are playing like coaches and the referees coach calls the ref over after bad calls says, Hey, you owe us one in ways I get, I can see that. But when you're trying to shape how the game unfolds by altering how you call the game, that's when I have an issue, not so much with, fixing a mistake in the only way that you conceivably can fix the mistake because let's be real if you make a shit call give somebody a power play like that's the only thing you can do is make another shit call in the opposite direction so that it evens out i can see where it's a more like difficult choice if that shit call leads to a power play goal because you can't give a team a goal well maybe you can maybe it's happened i don't want to open that can of worms however when Back to my point, when you start as an official, when you alter the perspective that you take when you're calling a game, when you go from an impartial observer who adjudicates or meets out some measure of justice or ruling in real time 
in-game situations, you have to be consistent. That's the one thing that's unforgivable in a situation is when it's inconsistent. This is even something that I think borderline applies to playoff hockey, which is called a hell of a lot more loose than regular season hockey because of the intensity, because you don't want to, you don't want to pollute that level of competition by interjecting oneself. And I understand that, but at the same time, like penalties are penalties. You have to call the game within the rules the way you see it. You can't ignore to the point where it's obvious that you've put your whistles in your pockets. And on the flip, you can't interject yourself in the game to the point where you become a focus. And I think it happens both ways. And just in my opinion, I would rather just see a more level, consistent means of officiating uh, a way to just call the game the way it should be a hook is a hook you shouldn't get away with a hook because the ref doesn't feel like calling a penalty or a team shouldn't get away with a hook because they've already been called for two or three you're the penalty is supposed to make the offender learn their lesson in a sense most especially if the opposing team, the receiver of the power play, scores a power play goal. It's supposed to be like a deterrent. You're like, you know, stop fucking hooking or this could happen again. So when referees put their whistles away because they don't want to, they don't want to affect the game or slow down the game in the way that like handing out multiple power plays to a single team would slow it down or alter the outcome. It's not your outcome to alter. This is the direction the team within the game is taking. You can't forcibly change that direction by giving them breaks. The other team has earned the opportunity to go on the power play. And if you're putting your whistles away, what does that say to the other team? You're affecting the quality of the game by taking too much action, playing too large a role in the game. You're an official. You're not an influencer, in my opinion. So, like, hearing all that, it was not surprising. But at the same time, it it's, it's meritous of discussion because as a fan of the game, at its purest level, I think any individual that, you know, is a fan of the game doesn't really want to notice the refs unless they're doing their jobs. And oftentimes you see message boards polluted with um, vitriol concerning uh, the fact that referees aren't doing their jobs. And I guess that's a part, that's a fun part of fandom to, you know, just give the zeros a hard time. But same time when it's deserved, it's deserved when it's not, I don't get it, but you know, just let the players play the game. And call it correctly. That's all I'm asking. As far as um, me mentioning the playoffs is concerned, well, I don't know if it's a little bit more loose. As long as it goes both ways. I guess I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I don't know. It kind of torpedoes what I'm saying about calling the game correctly if you're going to have a different standard for the playoffs. Unless it's like a, I don't know, a mutually agreed upon behind closed doors change in standard. Which, I mean, I don't know. I'm not privy to those types of discussions. Look, 
if you're in the Pittsburgh area and you can get to the Voodoo Brewing Company, a lot of their beers are pretty damn good. But this one, the Lacto Cooler, if you can get your hands on it, fucking do it. For reals. Moving on. Trade deadline has passed. People moved. Moving on. We are still, uh, even though I, I have been like so remiss to discuss uh, COVID-19 as an influencer um, recently, I we are still in the middle of that season. Well, maybe going toward the end here, um, regular season-wise. And um, I've taken certain stances on how I have felt about the game. One of the things I was really interested in in the beginning and really gung-ho about was uh, just the interdivisional play getting to see teams so often like trying to like or building rivalries and um i don't really see it at least from the since i watched the penguins i haven't really seen anything accentuate a rivalry so far um familiarity hasn't really bred more contempt in at least in the case of the team that i that i watched on a regular basis if i understand um fans of the north they really have benefited the most in that respect from like the rivalry standpoint, just seeing the same teams over and over again. And it being like the battle of Canada, like that's cool as hell. It was something I was hoping to see more of, but I mean, from my perspective as a fan, it seems like the flyers on a bit of a down year are are just the flyers. And they're not even the flyers that they used to be when, um, I think there was any sort of like height of a rivalry. And to me, like the height of the rivalry was Sidney Crosby's early years because, okay, we'll just jump real quick to a rivalry or like what I feel constitutes a rivalry. I don't think when a situation is so one-sided that it's obvious that like somebody has been the superior entity, like how, Flyers used to have the upper hand on the pens for years, even during the Lemieux years. The Flyers were consistently, well, more often than not, a better team. Um, post the first two cups, the Flyers were a better team with Lindros, the Legion of Doom line. Um, beyond that, like to the beginning of the Crosby years, it was really, really close. But that's what made the rivalry a rivalry. There was a back and forth. There was a struggle. It wasn't a steamroller thing. And I think... Penguins fans, for example, thought more of the rivalry aspect when it came to Philly than Philly fans did at the time. And I think that there is truth to that because when it comes to like Capitals fans thinking the Penguins were their biggest rival, I never really thought of the Capitals as much of anything when the Pens were dominating. They were just a team that depends with steamroll. Like the Flyers were still the squad that, you know, you hated or the Islanders, the Devils. There have been a lot of. There's a lot of back and forth, um, including, um, I believe, 2000 playoffs when the Devils. Um, I think the Devils eventually won that cup, but they did um, thought the Penguins out of the playoffs. I remember playing in a Triple Crown tournament during that playoffs and trying to like catch bits of the game in between our games. So, um, but you know the fucking Devils in the trap and you know Lamorello, this that the other, Scott Stevens the. Ultimate caveman douchebag. Although, I mean, you'd want him on your team in a heartbeat and be crazy and lying if you said you didn't. 
those aspects of a rivalry, I think, um, get overlooked or if it, it gets thrown out there too much. There's got to be blood. There's got to be snarl. There's got to be depth in the history. And I think the the mid-90s rivalry between Colorado and Detroit is the perfect example of what a true rivalry is. And now the game has changed since then. There aren't a lot of MMA fighters that can skate a shift long enough to get a hold of another MMA fighter that can skate a shift long enough and just throw the fuck down because reasons. And a lot of the, especially open ice hitting has gone the way of the dinosaur. But, um, and that's not just because physicality in the game has been legislated out. It hasn't. The definition of physicality isn't a massive open ice hit or a bone crunching check. Strength, the application of force using your body against an an opposing force or body is a definition of physicality. And there's a shit ton of physicality in the game of hockey. It's just less spectacular or there are less spectacular moments of it. Like just watch, just watch battles like corner battles between defensemen and forwards and tell me that's not physical. Like, can you, like you even imagine what it takes to leverage an elite athlete off of the puck? I can't, I'm fucking, I'm a bender comparatively. I mean, I may be decent in C or B league, but I mean, fuck like these are legit athletes doing fucking grown athlete shit on the regular and you're telling me it's not physical just because it's not Vladimir Konstantinov fucking trucking somebody at the blue line. Although I fucking miss that shit. Still, I mean, the game is really fucking physical. Still, it's just a different kind of physicality. It's a different expression. It's a more, to me, it's a more intelligent expression of physicality. I might be um, diverging from my, the rivalry topic, but at the same time, like, that doesn't really build a rivalry either. It can fuel the fire, but the competitive spirit, the back and forth, the war of attrition is more what I think a rivalry is based on. So before I drone on any further, man, it's great to just sit here in front of a microphone and talk about this shit. And I miss it. I miss just cracking open a beer and hopefully providing you with a little bit of entertainment or insight that you could use or hopefully a bit of positivity you can take with you. Um, a beer tip. Always about beer tips. Um, as far as music goes, I've been listening to like hardcore again, which I don't know why I always forget that's like really beneficial to my state of mind. So um, if you're down, pop in some Madball, drink a beer or two, call a friend, talk some puck. And until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of one another. Shake hands after the game. Peace.